Welcome, everybody. I am Rachel Levy Lesser. And I am Stephanie Goldstein. And this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion. And that is what we love to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook and TikTok. You can also email us at lifesaccessoriespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're listening to, we would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend and like it and rate it and review us wherever you get your podcast. And please do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, we are thrilled to be talking to... Liz Lang. So excited. So excited. Did you hear how I kind of said that? Like Liz Lemon. Liz. <laughs> we love alliteration. We do. Love yeah, we alliteration. Do. But this um, is another LL. This is Liz is, Lang. We're pretty this excited. Is, this is really special. And um, we're going to share with you, our listeners, some background about Liz. Liz Lang is an American fashion designer, entrepreneur, retail pioneer, author, and podcast host. In December of 2020, Liz acquired Fig, a New York-based luxury resort wear brand and female-led company. She is now the CEO and creative director and has a goal of continuing the brand's legacy of dressing fashionable women around the world while also expanding its categories and reach. Liz began her fashion career in 1997, establishing Liz Lang Maternity, a brand that reimagined and reshaped the way women thought about dressing while pregnant. Boy, did she ever. And we need to talk about that. I mean, did you wear Liz Lang when you were pregnant? I sure did. I sure did. And, and you know what? She, she made me feel like a real human being. A hundred percent. I'm so excited. We get to thank this woman. I mean, And not only did she dress us and many others, which we're going to get into, but she really did change maternity wear forever. And she was described as the first maternity wear designer. And in 2001, Liz Lang was the first designer to host a maternity wear runway show at New York Fashion Week. That is amazing. So amazing. I had my first child in 2003. So yeah, that was definitely like right around our time. And thank God for Liz Lang, because otherwise we would have been walking around in those dresses with the bows. Oh, the stupid bows at the, I don't never understood the strings, you know, the The tied around the back. What was that for? Oh, who needs that? Liz didn't. No, I didn't. You didn't. No, we no have, one needs that. We, we have need to, to ask her about her. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, big, yeah, that was big. big. So <laughs> huge. In the early 2000s, Liz gained recognition as a retail pioneer and a global trendsetter by forging multiple major licensing deals. Listen to this. These business adventures included an exclusive collection with Nike to introduce awesome. a line of athletic wear <laughs> for pregnant women. Okay, again, how amazing is that? Because so good. It used to be pregnant women probably didn't exercise, or they probably just wore like Rocky Balboa sweatsuits, right? Yeah. Well, and most can't see their feet by a certain point, right? So, right. True. Good for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So she also did a maternity collaboration with Target, Target, mm-hmm. and a ready-to-wear line with HSN. Completely Me by Liz Lang. In addition to establishing her brands, Liz wrote Liz Lang's maternity style, how to look fabulous during the most 
fashion challenge time. I love that. I do too. Which was published by Random House in 2003. She's been recognized with many awards and accolades throughout her career, including Crane's Rising Star Award, Crane's 40 Under 40, and Time Magazine's Most Powerful Entrepreneurs. Before we bring Liz on, I just have to say for our listeners, uh, if you haven't already listened to the podcast that came out, I think it was last year, about Liz Lang's famous family. It's called The Just Enough Family. And I became obsessed with it. Many of my friends told me about it. I told everybody and their mother about it. And we're going to talk to Liz about that. Hi, Liz. Welcome to Life's Accessories. Hi, ladies. So happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. We are thrilled to have you, and it is finally time for the burning question, what accessory or accessories, I I should say, do you want to talk to us about today? I'm a huge accessories person because I feel like they immediately can transform an outfit, and obviously I'm a huge fashion person, so accessories are key to me. Um, So I had a bunch. It was so hard to narrow it down. Uh, One is this brass and rope bracelet um, that I absolutely adore. I can tell you more about it. You tell me when you want me to. Yeah. Um, And continuing on the theme of rope, for some reason, I'm obsessed with rope. I just love rope. I find it so chic. It's kind of unexpected. So I have rope belts that I, anyone that knows me knows that anytime I put anything on, I immediately tie a rope belt around my waist. I just think it makes it kind of a juxtaposition if something's fancy. It just gives me a little waist love. So those are my, I guess, if I had to narrow down. My go-to. Love that. Love that. So tell us, tell us all about the bracelet and okay. the meaning behind so it, the, where you got it. Totally. So the bracelet, um, I was, I was on an early trip I, I, with my husband, we were in Capri and we walked into a store and they had some pieces like this bracelet, but they didn't have this bracelet in my size. I loved it. Uh, the woman who owned the store was nice enough to tell me that it, that the artist whose name, of course, I can't remember uh, who had created it. The jeweler actually had his atelier in Rome. So when we were on our way back to New York, my husband and I were in Rome for the day. We went to his atelier. He had actually recently left, believe it or not, very exalted, a uh, Bulgari to start his own uh, accessory oh, wow. storyline. Wow. And, um, and this, I saw this bracelet. There's also a necklace. I'm still kicking myself for not getting the necklace. It has this. You sort have to of, go back. Just go I, back. Exactly. Oh my god. Go back. There are so many yeah. times I felt that way. That's yeah, somebody totally. can write a book about that. You should have. Bought you it. always regret what you don't buy. You never regret what you do buy. That's my. That's sure. sort of my like philosophy in life. But right. um, I always. So I anyway. It's got this sort of rope knot detail. I don't know if you can see it with the brass. Yeah. Every time I wear it, everybody asks me where it's from. It's very unique. You never see it in the United States. And to be honest, as I said, I just really like rope in general. There's something about rope. It's not trying too hard, but yet it just makes a statement. So, and this was like a great trip that my husband and I took, as I said, early on in our um, marriage. So the whole trip, I just look back on very fondly. And, um, and this bracelet was a big part of it. It was something he bought for me and it was an early gift for me. So, and I basically wear it every day. I'm one of these people. I have like six pieces of jewelry. It's not like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's nothing. I just pile it all on every single yeah. day, dressy, not dressy. I don't care. So I love that because we've talked to a bunch of different people over the course of the pod and some, most of this, the sort of thesis for the pod is kind of like, it doesn't do any good to be sitting in your jewelry box, like wear it, you know, I mean, exactly. When you, you know, say it's for special times, 
by the time the special time comes around, you might even be over it. Don't you? I find that even with my clothing, yeah. I'm not going to wear it. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Next thing you know, it's kind of out of style or you're just not that into it anymore. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us, so you are, you took over fake. It was founded in 2012 and was about to close down because of the pandemic and you stepped in and how did you hear the brand was shutting down and what prompted you to, to, to do what you did? Well, I was a huge fan of the brand, zero connection to it other than as a customer. Obviously, I'd always been in the field of fashion, um, but I love Fig. I wear a lot of it, had always had. Um, I heard through the grapevine, I can't even remember, like maybe my sister told me, I knew the founder, Stephanie Von Wattsdorf, a Fig, but I, we weren't like close friends, but I knew her, you know, business. Yeah. And um, I heard that she had shut it down, actually. It was, de- it was December of 2020. Mm. And I was okay. so upset to hear that. I was, I was living at the time... I, in Palm Beach, like so many of us, I had been sort of, I decamped to my house in Palm Beach, left New York City, was living there, walking a lot. It was very hot. And I was wearing all these big dresses and caftans because I thought they were chic, but they were very easy to wear. It felt like the sweatsuits of the South kind of at that yes. time period. So caftans well, have made a comeback. That is for sure. you. Mrs. Totally. Roper, Mrs. Roper was onto something. Oh, she's my fashion. She had it. She is. Oh, I love, yeah, of course, yes. I, mean, I literally say that Who does not love, love her? Roper. Exactly. So I was like, and at mm-hmm. that time I was sort of at a crossroads myself professionally, as you know, I'd started Liz Lang maternity. Then I had done Liz Lang for Target, Liz Lang for Nike, yep. all that, all the maternity, but I'd sold that. Oh, brand. we know. You know. <laughs> we know. And you changed our lives. lives. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Then I had gone on and done a line just for Home Shopping Network, not maternity, because again, I had sold the rights to do maternity. That had, fi- after a decade, I was sort of tired of doing that. It was a lot of on-air selling, which is fun, but I was tired of it. So I was like, do I build a new brand? Do I buy a brand? Build or buy? Then when Fig, I found out that Fig had uh, was, was being shut down, I realized that's my opportunity. I love Fig. I can relate to it. It's the age I am now, just like when I started Liz Lang Maternity. I was in my sort of, you know, childbearing friends and yeah, right. years. This was my, we're all wearing caftans years and we're all wearing dresses. We're the caftan generation. Yes, I totally entered my caftan years. So I, um, so anyway, I decided to to buy the brand, as you mentioned, and I acquired sort of the IP and the rights to it. And I uh, have spent the last, I guess now it's almost going to be two years this December, frankly, like restarting it. I, you know, getting my team into place at first it was their team, but then I've slowly replaced with all my people and really working now on the, I mean, we're, we're up and running. I mean, you can go to fig.com or whatever, but, you know, really changing course a bit and putting my stamp on it. And you'll start to see that I'd say probably this fall, everything reflects me, but you know, more of a change of direction starting this fall. So anyway, that that's kind of the story of it. So, um, it's, so speaking of ropes, you mentioned the rope bracelet, um, and we want to talk about your Instagram in a little bit, because we did see, I think an Instagram story of you in your fabulous closet where I kind of want to live. I love Um, your closet. Love your closet. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we could record all our podcasts from your closet. Um, (laughs) but, um, you, you had like a rainbow array of, um, rope belts, so I know that was another accessory you wanted to talk about related to fake. So can you tell us about the rope belt? Yeah. So I'm holding up two. One is like a dark one. One's a light one. I find that any outfit looks better if you cinch your waist with a rope belt. I mean it. Like even the, even dresses, they often come with a belt. I immediately yeah. remove that belt. And as I'm getting dressed, I, I tie a rope belt around it. It's so easy to do. It takes me two seconds. And I do, It's I, I feel sort of instantly chic. Like I just feel like it elevates the outfit. It makes it my own. 
And it does, like when I'm not feeling my thinnest, kind of give me a little uh, waste. So I am yeah. all about rope belts. I'm basically just all about ropes, I guess. Like who knew? I'm not going to hang <laughs> all right, myself. So, but I'm all so about that, ropes. And I'm asking this seriously. Like, do you do you have it like hang in the front? Do you put it off to the side? Do you do two knots? Like what's the, uh, what's all, fine. All you do it all. Love. I love it. And I, I have said in videos before that yeah. I really believe that you can, there's no right way. I sort of, sometimes it's one tie in the front. Sometimes it's one tie on the side. Sometimes it's double knotted kind of depends yeah. on the length of the rope, the, the consistency of the rope. Like if it's very soft, so I can do two knots and it'll just hang nicely. I do it that way. If it's sort of stiffer and I think two knots will make it almost jut out. Well, that's weird. So I don't, right. I don't actually believe in any rules on this stuff. Like you just kind yeah. of, you're in front of your mirror. You just kind of do it, but you shouldn't think too much about it. Like it takes right. two seconds. Um, so so, I love that. Really I do that. too. So I'm, I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned you're going to be putting more of your stamp on fig in the future. And I'm curious too, because you love it accessories will you I be do. will You'll you like, start big accessories we are doing a ton more accessories I, yeah. I, I mean I'm I'm we've started having different rope belts always in stock because it's yeah. selfish it's like right. my McCray line like I need it's like what I need to wear I need to wear my own brand so we need to have the things that, that you need I want right. to wear so I love we've it on a rope belt we've started doing a lot I mean it's not that they didn't do it before but I've relaunched a lot of like little bags and I'm going to be doing more and more of that because I'm a little bag person we're not talking about that yep. specific. I'm an accessory person we could go on for hours about them so I like a smaller bag I don't I, I don't know. I just, I no, I, I like that you said that because over the years, I feel like our generation of women, if I could speak for all of us have evolved into these giant bags. And I, first of all, it kills my back and my shoulder yeah. and I can't find anything in there. And how much stuff do I need to carry? So I exactly. love the little bag. Yeah. I'm the same way. If I have my phone, my credit card, my lipstick, or maybe a little hair clip, You're good to go, right. I am good. Everything else I'm fishing around forever. Things like falling right. out of my bag while I'm like a mess trying to fit. So yes, I like a small bag. And as you said, they're not, they're light. I just don't want to be right. like, yeah, whatever. Right. So I like a small bag, but what was I saying to you? Oh, and then the other, there are a couple of areas I'm expanding fig on the accessories front, which is germane for this conversation. Also um, tabletop. I've sort of entered oh. my tabletop years. Oh. Like if you would ask me in my early thirties, if yes. I care about tablescaping, I would have said, what's that? Like, why would I? <laughs> um, now, you know, all I think about are napkin rings and plates. Yeah. Napkins. Yes. We're doing, we're doing a, we're start, we've started to do a bunch of those. And then on the clothing front, which I know isn't really exactly what this conversation is about, but yeah, I, yeah. I always felt that fig for better, for worse. And this is a great thing was kind of an, it's always summer somewhere brand, like mm. you'd wear it on vacation, you'd wear like it resort it. wear resort wear. And I right. love resort wear and we'll always do it. And I think big is really good at it, but I want it to be a 12 month a year. I want it to be as comfy on the beach as it is in the city. So I want to feel like in my home in New York city. And I get invited to a lunch somewhere that I could easily wear fig. Whereas the old fig, I don't think I could have, like it would have been weird. Got it. Right. Okay. So I want it to feel like, you know, whatever you're doing in your life that, you know, like someone that the fig has can work. So that's really where, and I've, you know, changed the website a bit, trying to make that much more D to C friendly. And we're doing a bunch of wholesale. So, you know, lots of, ex, lots of exciting stuff. So stay tuned. That is Amazing. so interesting. So that is cool. so interesting. Can I just say thing about one thing about the captain? Um, yeah. a, a writer well, friend of mine. I think we could say lots of things. Yeah. About a writer friend of mine. I'll <laughs> shout her out. Annabelle Monahan, who wrote this fabulous book called Nora Goes Off Script that came out this summer and it was everywhere. She wrote an essay, I forget for what publication, and it was she named it The Summer of the Captain and the Charcuterie Board. And she said all she did was go to book events and wear caftans and eat charcuterie. 
And I, I was like, to meet her. She's amazing. And yeah. I, the captain is a thing. I told Stephanie, I wore a captain dress on a plane. I mean, exactly. And, yes. You should. You should. It was, so, it was like the should. best plane ride of my life. Exactly. And I feel like when I'm walking around in one, people will stop me and say like, oh my God, you look so great. Oh, how glamorous. And what they don't realize is that it's like a nightgown. Like I've thrown right. it so comfortable. Right. It me, like zero time, zero effort. And yet somehow I look really, you know, elevated. Right. They're right. the best. And if you're not feeling, I don't, they're, they're the best. They hide a million sins. They are the best. <laughs> The and best. they're glamorous. I think they're so glamorous. I think they are too. I think they are too. Well, it kind of relates to the maternity wear, right, Stephanie? It I mean, does. Well, it, it does. And you know what? I'm laughing about the maternity wear because if you said to me 17 years ago, um, you're going to be talking to the person who's making you feel pretty, you know, at 14 months pregnant and you're going to have a podcast, I'll be like, no way. And what's a podcast? So, um, so I can relate to that. I mean, oh my gosh. So I just, I remember, I remember discovering Liz Lang maternity and thinking, oh my God, there are no bows. There's no like tie in the back, which I don't understand. I've never understood it. it. And, and just the pieces that I wore pregnant, I thought, well, gee, I should be wearing these like when I'm not pregnant because they were just so beautiful and just, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think when I started Liz Lang maternity, it's kind of funny, as you said, first of all, yes, I always, people always ask me, did you always know you wanted to do that? Yes, sure. When I was 18, I thought I wanted to design maternity clothing. Like exactly like you, I would have said like, what? Right, Um, right. And not that it matters, but I went to Brown, I majored in comparative literature. No, I didn't even, sure, I like fashion as much as the next girl, but I wasn't more like a shopper. Um, Right. So, you know, and I, you know, I, yeah, so, um, so, but, but what's funny to me about Liz Lang maternity versus fig, and I guess it's just all styles change and, is that when you're pregnant, my whole concept for Liz Lang maternity was that I wanted everything to be fitted. I really wasn't about yeah. captains at all. I thought that everybody looked better when they were pregnant in a more fitted silhouette. And that was really what sort of put me on the map. Cause that was not what was going on. So no. now here I am, not at all. So now no. I was like, why would we be hiding behind these sort of amorphous moo-moos? Ruffles. Like, yeah, ruffles and pink and bows. And as you said, tying in the back, it's just horrible, horrible. I was like, you know, this was a very clean time when I started it in the late nineties. And then through the early yeah. 2000s where people were wearing, you know, fitted black clothing and minimal. And so I wanted the maternity clothing to look like that. But here we are, 2000, almost 2023, and I'm older, styles change. And what I'm right. into right now, and it's sort of like, it just goes to like what the brands I like. So I'm now I'm really into like, caftans and if you want to make it more fitted sure throw a belt or a rope belt around your waist but I'm not into actually like really tight fitted yeah. little short dresses the way I, I certainly was you know in my 30s and with those languages so it's just an interesting reflection on sort of like the two brands share something in common but not you know they they, they share me in common and where I am yeah. in my life or where my friends are and where I love that. it makes sense to me that you two are in the same place but I'm a little I'm certain I'm older than you but still um so that's, so that's, yeah. But anyway, Liz Lang maternity was a wild ride and completely unexpected. I never thought when I started it just by myself, sort of alone in a room, like by appointment only ever thought in a million right. years it would take off the way that it did. Never. So, I, I mean, what was it like just to go back to Liz Lang maternity and to fangirl you for a little bit? What was it like to see your designs on all these celebrities when they were pregnant? Right. Like, you know, I don't know. It was like Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah, Cindy Crawford, Kate Winslet. Like, what was right. that like to be I mean, it the crazy. it girl? 
Yeah. I know, but you know what I say now, looking back on it, when you're going through it and I was in my thirties, I was really young. I, you don't totally get it until you're looking yeah. back on it. Like it's like everything in life. Like I wish I could have felt how amazing it must've been at that time. Like I mm. didn't, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I knew that I was dressing all these celebrities. And sometimes people would say to me, like, do you know that like all pregnant women are kind of talking about like Liz Lang and that's sort of where we all want to show, but I didn't totally, you, you do and you don't, it's hard, it's you. So you don't totally right. know it. I, it all kind of just happened really quickly. Even frankly, like, you know, I, I'm not, I, it sounds braggy. I don't mean to sound braggy, but like I ended up signing this 20 year licensing deal with Target where we did yeah. Liz Lang oh. for Target and it was, <laughs> You know, and I didn't fully realize like how major that was like, like that, that, like we had this, like today, I feel like, you know, I don't know. A lot of people would kill just to have one month deal with Target. Like (laughs) we had the entire maternity department. Yeah. Well, your name was like hanging from the rafters. Exactly. There were pictures of me and my kids often above the racks. They were babies back then above the racks. And it just all now feels like surreal that this all happened. And it was the wildest, best ride of my life. And I never knew it was going to happen. And even then selling the brand, I never thought that there would be an opportunity that something I would make would sell. I, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. I mean, looking back, yes, but that wasn't a word I would have used. I wouldn't have used the word white space. I didn't raise right. money. It wasn't all those things that everyone does today. That's like buzzwords, even the female part. Like people are always asking like, well, what female entrepreneur? I'm like, I never, we didn't, I didn't look at the world that way. That's not the yeah. way we look at the world. Uh, then. Well, it's interesting though, speaking of looking at the world, right? I, I obviously follow you on Instagram and you the, you show us a glimpse into like who you are and how you look at the world and what you appreciate with beautiful photographs and videos of classics and style. And, you know, what what sort of resonates with you the most? You know, what what things just so our listeners can can hear from you directly, like what sort of... Well, I mean, honestly, I write the Instagram and I answer every co- uh, customer, co- every customer, every uh, comment that I get personally, yeah. all me. Yeah. And I actually do it just like the day of or the day prior, because I never know what's going to be on my mind. Um, yeah. so it's very last minute. And frankly, everything I write is typically like, I don't know how else to do it. There's no strategy behind it. It is really just what's on my mind. Like the day that I posted White Lotus, because I can't stop thinking about it. You know, when Olivia Newton-John died, I was gutted. Like it was just yeah. genuine. Like yes. it turned yeah. out that a lot of other people, what I've discovered is it's kind of like the way I deal with my brands. I can't try yeah. to think what would Rachel like to wear? I don't know. I would never right. know. So all I can think is what am I feeling for? And I do the same thing with my Instagram. What's on my mind? What, what did I just come across? What video, what picture that I'm just like, Oh, that's so magnificent. And why? And so I, I sort of fell into this. I, I knew when Instagram started that I was not of an age or a generation where I understood it. I'm making no judgments. It just wasn't for me to be showing pictures of myself and where I am and my meals. Yeah. And it just wasn't, I didn't really get it. I love it. And I love following my friends who do. It just wasn't, I couldn't really do it. So then I thought, but I'm not the type as you saw from my Instagram and my podcast, I'm really comfy sharing about myself. I'm not like, Oh, I'm just private for that. It was just the imagery part. So what I kind of fell into was I figured out that I could use an image and I could then take it as a jumping off point to talk in the, in the copy very personally, not just like, Oh, you know, this is a picture of Cheryl Teague's 1976. (laughs) Here's what I looked up to Cheryl Teague's. I wanted blonde wavy hair when I was 10 years old in 1976. And I, you know, whatever it is. And then I find that that starts a conversation with my um, 
followers. And I love that conversation. Like I right, love right. And I think to be in retail, you have to love the sort of, that's why I mistakenly for a second called them customers. You have to love yeah. that kind of interaction. You have to love Absolutely. Like, your customers, your followers. Like, you know, sometimes people are like, don't waste your time answering all of them. Like, I don't know. Why wouldn't I answer them? Like they took the time to write something on my page. I have to answer. Right. So anyway, that's sort of a, probably more than you wanted to know about my Insta. No, I mean, no, we no. love it. And we totally get that with the storytelling from a picture, because for us, I mean, this whole concept of this podcast, well, it came from a book I wrote called Life's Accessories, which was like right. essays that was like a memoir. But, you know, we talked to all book. different, not read that book. It to, is book. Um, it is. well, to thank you, but I didn't mean to self-promote, no. although I feel like no, we talked it about is. it right. No, it but, is. But um, so <laughs> the concept it. of this podcast is that you could talk to anybody about an accessory and it tells a story right. and a memory and you can get in there and you can dig deep. And I love that about a podcast or an Instagram. And speaking of podcasts, okay, I need to take a breath because I was here to you as Liz Lang maternity. Thank you for changing my life. But when the Just Enough Family podcast came out, first of all, I told you this off air. Um, I have a very close group of college friends. And one of my friends, Tracy, texted the group, guys, you have to listen to this Just Enough podcast, especially me, Rachel, because they said I would relate to it, which I did because I was the waspy Jewish girl whose mother made her wear the Fair Isle itchy sweaters and the kilts. <laughs> and I couldn't do what everybody else did. And my family was crazy in a different way, as is every family. And I literally was obsessed with the podcast. I texted everybody I know. My father listened to it, the whole world. So, and all right, tell us about how it came to be. What's it been like now that it's out in the world? We can't get enough. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, I had... I have a very close friend, Aria Levy, who did the podcast with me and yes. she was the host. She's I read her book. Yeah, exactly. She's a, <laughs> I worship her. She's an incredible writer. She's, you know, she's a New York, uh, the, she's yes. a writer for the New Yorker. And she also wrote her, her beautiful memoir. Yeah. She, she actually grew up with one of my college friends who, really? so that was a small wow. Yeah. So in Westchester in, yeah, in Larchmont and then yeah, wow. exactly. we could talk about, so that's it. Small world, Jewish geography. Yeah, very. Okay. So she's okay. one of my besties and she knows my sort of family history, my stories, of course, because she's one of my best friends. So she was always saying, we, I'll ghostwrite it, but you need to do a memoir. I'll help you. You yeah. need to do an autobiography. So we used to talk about it a lot. At one point I told her, you know, in passing how, when I was younger, I used to have this little story in my head. I thought I wanted to be a writer. I mean, you know, you never know. I thought right. I wanted to be a writer. And I had this story in my head that was a fantasy story called the Just Enough Family and the Just Enough Family always had just enough, almost like the three little bears, not too much, not too little. And she, as a writer immediately was like, oh my God, like that's your hook. Like, so you were growing up amongst all this excess, but here you had this little interesting fantasy about not having the excess, just having just enough. So yeah. whatever. So that was going to be the title of the book. We talked about it a lot, but we never ended up doing it. Cut to it's the pandemic. She gets a deal with Sony to do podcasts on people who have led unexpected lives. That was what it was supposed to be about. Um, she was going to do different episodes, different people because it was the pandemic and she didn't have access to a lot of people, but we were sort of in each other's pods. She said, why don't you, why don't we do one episode on you? You've certainly led an unexpected life in every single respect. And, um, so we started to do it and she's like that, you know, maybe we'll take that and we'll do it. Well, then we'll turn that into your memoir later, but it'll be a jumpstart. So I sure I don't, I never think I, I really should look before I leave or whatever. I never <laughs> think about what this is all going to mean, what the repercussions are going to be. And boy, this podcast said more than I expected. And so 
we started to do it. She listened to it. Sony listened to it. And they were like, I mean, apparently like just blown away. Like this is much more than an episode. We're going to do the whole season. Um, and they did that. And one of my family members ended up participating. Um, and it's been really interesting. On the one hand, from I get tons and tons and tons and tons of love about it, which I absolutely adore. And it was very, very popular. And even like, as you said, what's it like with famous people? A lot of famous people have either like DM me or found my information and told me yeah. how much they loved it. And that's been so incredible. Um, what, what I didn't anticipate, but I've heard from a lot of authors, actually, not necessarily podcasters, that this is what happens. What I didn't anticipate was that there would be people in my family Maybe it's going to sound like Luda, but there were people in my family who were not as pleased. Um, and so, but someone said to me, whenever you write an autobiography or a memoir, yeah. there are going to be people that mm -hmm. are not happy. And that right. part has been hard. I'm not, I wasn't looking to blow anything up. I really wasn't. Right. So right. Naive. But I'm, I am proud of the podcast. I feel that the podcast was meant to be kind in most respects. Yes. And, um, and, uh, and then, on the, then the final thing I'll say is on the one hand, sometimes people are like, wow, how could you put so much about yourself out there? And I always say, well, on the one hand, yes, I put a lot of myself out there, but on the other hand, there is so much that I didn't put out there. Like that's just, right. you know, right. I was very aware of what I was doing and I was very aware of what I was talking about and wasn't talking about. And, you know, there's so obviously like in everyone's life, there's, you know, there's a lot more. Um, uh, and I, the, the, again, final, final thing I'll say is what was really incredible is that I was approached by everyone like Netflix, Amazon, Hollywood writers, wow. Broadway producers, uh, everybody wanted to do something with the just enough, um, family, yeah. which was so cool. Might that, might that happen at some point more than I, my family really doesn't want that. Yeah. And at the moment, I feel like I, it was hard. I'm not, I, I would love to. The, I, the podcast I, 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 was just enough, maybe. Maybe for, right, maybe right for now. now right. I really want to take a stand that there will be a ton of people yeah. just not speaking to me. And I'm not, I, that's not worth yeah. that. So no. anyway, um, that, that's the, that's the podcast. It was, it was really fun doing it. So I, I have to go back to you, you and I wasn't going to do this, but I, I can't help myself because you did mention White Lotus and um, Here we I'm go. curious, I'm, I can't help it. So Liz, what style advice would you give to Portia? And I know that I'm going to sound crazy now. <laughs> Portia is the assistant, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's amazing. Wait, yes. Stephanie, can you do, can you say Portia in the Jennifer Coolidge voice, please? Well, okay. I lost my, I'll pour, okay. I fell, I've lost my voice. My, Portia. Portia. I can't do it with my, my She's Portia. Good. She's good. Portia, yeah. get your shit together. Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge is to say that I an icon, an icon, an icon, uh, a con, icon. Yes. Uh, I know. Oh I know. Yeah. So I start, you know, I would, Portia, it's funny, I think like, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> well, I mean, there we go. With the game. Do the game. Thank you. You could address that whole, you could address that whole cast. Yeah, I mean, that cast, I, I, so I started when the, when the series started, I didn't get the Porsche costuming. I was like, why does she look that way? I'm distracted by her nose ring again. Yeah. This is all generational. I'm like, Ooh, no, I, I get it. I get and it. And why are all the boys and why do all the guys like, I, know. like not, I really thought that at the beginning, I was like, I think yes. she's, again, she's a very beautiful woman. There's there so much so chaos mean, there. The it's chaotic. Yes. yes, the way they were doing her character, the way she looked, her hair, her her, her makeup, her her clothing. And I, also I on vacation, it. why would you dress that way? I always feel like when I'm on vacation, I'm packing right now. Like I simplify it. Like she's who wearing a she's wearing a shrug on over. vacation. 
Yeah. Nothing anyway. with shrug over the bikini top. Right. And she's much. on vacation working. Like she's there yeah. as the assistant of someone, you know, whatever. So I didn't get it. So the first episode, I was like, Ugh. and I remember even saying to my husband, like, and why do all the guys like her? Why would they like these? Like, no, there's something about her. Trust me. Like she's just kind of approachable and, but, but not like so beautiful. But as the series went on, I think like so many, I began to realize how deliberate those costume choices were. Yes. How genius they were. It was that, genius. That it yes. really was sort of that generation and who that girl would be which again yes. not my generation not your guys generation I don't think but like no, I, and that the chaos in a way with the clothing is all part of the chaos of that character yes and I really felt like it all made sense so yeah I don't have any like profound comments about war <laughs> other than it started to all feel genius to me and that everything was very deliberate and I got it and even she cast that way even the nose ring I started to get it all that yes. it made sense. Yeah. It really just created that character in some ways. Um, yeah. I mean, she so, had her own, she has her very own brand and, and unique sense own of her and own everything. style. Right. And I, and it kind of ties to what you were saying earlier about style. Right. And like wear the rope belt, however you want. And I have this bracelet that's unique and no one else has it. Right. So, and, and it sort of ties back to like being who you are and not like sort of having to follow the rules necessarily. Totally. And that generation, I think. Yeah. And as I said, I admit, I can't totally relate, but I think they're right. all about that. Like, yes. I have a 22 year old daughter. No, she doesn't dress like Portia, but she doesn't <laughs> ever want, they're, they're very into like the personalization. She never yes. wants, she likes vintage. She never wants anything that she, that her friends might have uh, to, they want this like personal style thing um, yeah. in a way that I don't even think we can begin to fully understand. So I think Portia was probably a genius representation of that 20 something year old uh, right now. She totally was. I have a 16 year old daughter, so a little bit younger, but she, same thing. She comes down the stairs in the morning and I'm just like, what is happening? But in a good, (laughs) but in a good way, in a way that I never was, I wanted to look like everybody else. Right. Totally. Right. Exactly. I appreciate that about her. I'm like, good for you. Me yeah. too. I'm like, I, t- I take it as confident. I'm like, where did you get this? Co- like, I was so insecure. You're, you're practically more confident than I am right now. Like, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. So what does your daughter think of the caftan? My daughter would never. Like she doesn't. Not, <laughs> not yet. I not will, yet. I will succeed. Not yet. She will. No, right. She'll get it eventually. I will succeed when my daughter actually wants to wear something from Fig. At this moment, oh. not yet. <laughs> goals. 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 Exactly. I mean, she wants things pretty short. Uh, no, not yeah. yet. Well, yeah. we have to ask you, we talked about the rope belts and I feel like Stephanie knows what I'm going to say. So this has been a little bit of a triggering issue on our show. We actually had a special show, almost an emergency show, just Stephanie and myself discussing one particular trend right now. So we need your opinion. Okay. Belt bags, belt bags. So are they, I, I, I fanny know. packs. They're fanny stuff. packs. Oh, I stuff. don't like what? them. They are. No, okay. They but are. you know, like Lululemon, you know, the belt <laughs> yeah, bags belt. and then. Right. And then there, a lot of people are wearing them cross body. They're also making them like Chanel and everybody's making yes. them. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have a very strong opinion on it and I know I'm in the minority. I do not like them. I okay. am very ladylike in my bag taste, like extremely very conservative actually. So I don't even like the it bags. I don't like belts. I don't like belts with little bags attached. I don't like cross body. I, and they're so popular and I mm-hmm. understand that they make they're, they're they're functional but i actually am still i'm so old-fashioned i will hold a bag with top handles in my hand or i'll put it in the crook 
of yes. Molly. Um, and I like that. Like yes. that Stephanie is feels very that. seen right now. I feel seen. You do? And yes. Liz, you are my people. Yes. You are my people. <laughs> so, well, there are very few of us because I can tell even, as you said, even the designer bags, even Chanel, even nope. name it. They're all, they're all making nope. them. Yeah. And I pass. No. Hard. No. Pass no. Hard I, pass. I, I will wear. I want to go back to like you know the 1960s. That's my bag generation. Yes. Um, so you yeah. found your person. I will say I'm a little more open minded. I just kind of do whatever. And I did wear a belt bag on my waist to move my son into college in the fall, which was a functional situation. That's an emergency that. situation. <laughs> that's, that's, a, I, that's a. That's a. I was like hanging up emergency. posters. I had to. That is of course the you had to. That's ever. a safety. That's yeah, a safety. It's a tough day. Issue. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, that's so, different. But right. I don't think I, to be honest, I think my little bag was like sitting in the corner of her room, like, yeah. you know, okay. inappropriate, not right, probably about to get stolen. But probably. I just can't. And even my mom, who I think is very well dressed and like, she, she loves a cross body bag. I think my right. sister does too. Yeah. I am like stuck. I don't know. I guess, as I said, maybe it's the sixties. I'm not sure. Like if I can't, if I can't clasp the top two handles, right. put it in the crook of my arm, I'm not wearing it. Yeah, no, so. we get that. I have a, <sighs> do you remember the Roberta bags? It was an old bag. My grandmother had one and it had a clutch like that. And I wore it to a bat mitzvah a couple of weeks ago. And I, I put it down on the table and someone said, whose bag is that? Meaning like who's sitting there, you know? And yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, it's my, it's my grandmother's. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds gorgeous to me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we totally, we, uh, we get that. Uh, uh, Before we let you go, just wanted to know, are there any, obviously we talked about the captains and the rope bags. Are there any other trends that you're, you're really into these days or you see like sort of blowing up or something that you're interested in exploring more in terms of accessories? Or just accessories or clothes. Anything. Right. Well, in yeah. terms Anything. of accessories, um, I am a more is more. So I'm very specific about my accessories. I like mm-hmm. them bold and big. I like them vintage and I like them piled on. So, you know, I only called out one bracelet, but I wear them all um, on my other hand too. I like a lot. I yeah. only like gold. It doesn't have to be real gold. I just only like that color tone. I don't wear silver. If silver is the hardware on a bag, I can't buy it. Um, yeah. This is again, so personal, I get it. Um, uh, so, I, and I don't, and there's such a trend, I think often towards dainty jewelry, which again, yeah. everyone I know loves it. I, I don't understand it. I like, I like piled on and I like big and chunky. So I don't know if these are trends or not, because I don't think I'm a very trendy person. I'm probably, it means they're probably the opposite of a trend, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm feeling for. That's the way I accessorize and dress myself. Um, and then in, uh, I don't know. And then in terms of clothing, we've been in such a print driven, heavy print, uh, period for the last few years. I always love print again. I'm very consistent. My print taste is very bold too. And fig definitely ties into that. That's why I like the brand, but even at fig, we're feeling for slightly cleaner, slightly more, you know, more solids, more minimals, more blank canvases for fabulous right. accessories. So I'm feeling that a little bit, but those are my call outs, I guess. So, so with the caftan in the, in the winter time when it's cold, do you style it with boots? Yeah. What I mean, do? I think a caftan <laughs> is a little harder in a cold yeah. weather climate. Yeah. So I mostly wear caftan summer or vacation, but yeah. if I wanted to wear it in the fall, I would mm-hmm probably wear one that was more solid. 
Mm-hmm. I have a, I have some, I have a knit one that I love. It's like a black cashmere. I nice. would probably put a belt on it so that it became more midi length rather than like, you know, to my ankles. And right. yeah, I would really like it uh, with boots. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving that. Maybe also like a jean jacket or a sweater or oh, something. Oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Old army jacket. Super yep. cool. Love it. Yeah. Oh, yep. We have such great ideas. Well, we could talk to you forever. We're going to, in our show notes, of course, link to fig. Um, and to the, um, the just enough family podcast. Um, obviously we all are huge fans of Liz Lang maternity. Thank you for, thank you again, everyone we've ever known. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. On behalf of our generation. Thank you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, thank you for making those nine months actually fun to get dressed, get dressed in. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we loved having you. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you to our listeners for, for tuning into another episode of Life's Accessories. Accessories.